This is the Side Hustle Show with Nick Loper, episode 33, how to build a niche coaching business that lets you quit your job. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Loper here. Happy New Year. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. This is episode 33. Man, 2014, it sounds like we have um, we've arrived in the future. Anyways, this is how to build a niche coaching business that lets you quit your job. I was introduced to today's to today's guest by uh, Kai Davis, who you might remember from episode four of the Side Hustle Show, I believe. It was uh, how to quit your job and move to Hawaii. So thank you, Kai, for the introduction. Now, Virginia, who's on the show today, is a um, an online dating coach, which is awesome because I didn't even know there was such a thing and just goes to show you there are opportunities everywhere. She she went from you know hobby to part-time to full-time. Great story and tons of great takeaways for kind of a parallel. We'll draw parallels to um, you know um, a whole array of niche coaching businesses that you know, so, so pick and choose kind of the pieces that apply to your business. And we'll go from there. There's a ton of resources mentioned. Those are going to be at signhustlenation.com slash episode 33. So uh, one quick thing before we get started, I had a question come through over email this week, and it was about whether or not side hustlers should include their side hustle on LinkedIn. Because if you have a client facing business, some sort of coaching or consulting business, uh, especially in the tech or online kind of feel, customers are probably going to be Googling you and they're probably going to be seeing your LinkedIn results. And if they only see your day job, maybe that's a strike against you. It's like, hey, this guy said he was the founder of such and such uh, consulting company, but all I see here is he's you know an analyst for a company XYZ. So here's my take on it. If your company culture is such that any outside interests, hobbies, activities are seen as career suicide, don't take the risk by putting your side hustle on LinkedIn. It's not worth it. But if your company culture is a little bit more open, so long as you're not you know, doing stupid stuff like working on your business on company time and there's no conflict of interest, I say put it up there. You'll look more legit to your prospective clients. And I've got to think your boss has better things to do than stalk his, his employees on LinkedIn. When I was working, I definitely had my side hustle on there. It was something I was proud of, if nothing else. Um, and to be fair, my boss and my coworkers already knew about it, and it was completely unrelated to my day job. But curious to get uh, some other opinions on this one, let me know what you think at SideHustleNation.com slash episode 33. And finally, one quick iTunes shout out. This one comes from uh, Quinn from CubicleFree.com in the new Cubicle Free podcast. He says, five stars, down to earth goodness. Nick speaks my language. Hey, Quinn, thanks so much for that. And with that, let's get right into the uh, call with Virginia. Virginia, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Thank you. Good to be here. Virginia Roberts is a online is an online dating coach who yep. took her hobby to uh, to a side business and recently turned that side business into a full time gig. She's the host of the Hartographer podcast, and you can find her at thehartographer.com. Now, Virginia, tell me about starting this this unpaid side hustle because you can't even call it a side hustle when it's unpaid right but it's like a hobby so you were you were um you know obviously passionate about the topic of online dating so tell me how you got started in this um in this business 
Well, realistically, um, and I, I tell my clients this all the time too, like nobody, this isn't true, not nobody, but very few people turn to online dating because it's an awesome option for meeting people. <laughs> like people turn to it because they're not meeting people through other channels, right? Like okay. usually it's like one tool in your tool bag of like, how can I get out there and date and, and meet folks? Um, and that was really not working well for me in the real world. <laughs> and it wasn't working well for some of my close friends either. Even if they were meet, meeting people, they weren't really meeting the right people. And I started turning to online dating as so many people do, because I was like jaded at a crappy day job that I hated and I had time to kill in front of a computer with an internet connection. <laughs> so um, this is in the heyday of Craigslist. And I started just kind of dabbling around Craigslist. And I feel like as much as that might seem like a really sketchy and like frightening and creepy pool, it was it was easier um, in terms of investment because you didn't need to create a whole profile. You didn't need to upload a photo. And like, um, it was just like a little bit more temporary and skittish a way to kind of test the waters. And I, I started having, after many, many very bad uh, online dating sort of personal ads that I would write, I started to write better ones and meet some cool guys and go on some cool dates. And so I started writing ads for a friend of mine to encourage her to try that out too, because she, like me, was frustrated with dating and wasn't really meeting the right people. So okay. And all this on Craigslist. Yeah, at the time. I mean, I dabbled in all of the other... Um, I was very cheap about it at the time. I created free profiles on all of the sites, but I was very, very reluctant to pay for a membership for any of them because they just seemed so sketchy and bad. So initially I like would only basically like receive messages, but not <laughs> send any out, whatever. I eventually did suck it up and, and like pay for memberships, but I always found Craigslist to be a preferable um, platform. And so I just kind of like helped pals of mine dip their toes in that water too. Um, and it really was just like a small circle of like, hey, I think I've figured out this way to get dates, want me to help you get dates too. So that's really how it started was just like friends helping friends okay. get out and date in the real world. And it was all about creating that that uh, attention getting posting or something that like would let your personality shine through and, and it was free because it was on Craigslist. Okay, and so we started doing that with friends. Yeah, yeah. Like really only my very closest friends. Um, it wasn't like a wide broad circle thing. Um, but then I eventually met my husband and my friend of his knew that I had done that, knew that I was still kind of helping friends and her coworkers got interested and she started like referring me people. Um, did, yeah. you, did you meet your husband online? Yeah, I met him on Craigslist. Uh, my ad made best of. Thank you very much. I will Oh, really? That's awesome. I used show. to read those. Those were entertaining for sure. <laughs> It was very funny at the time. I mean, I basically, the formula that I cracked back in 2006 was like, don't treat it like a dating site. You know, basically, I just kind of wrote like a humor driven ranty post that happened to be in the dating category and vaguely be dating related. But it was like the tone of it was not at all like I like long walks on the beach and I enjoy staying out and going and all those horrible online dating cliches. It was none of that. You know, it was very different. Okay, well, well, there's some. There's nothing better than a perfect testimonial. Hey, it worked for me, so it could work for you. So, did your friends start seeing similar success with your with your strategies? Yes, uh, to protect their privacy, I don't like you know go naming them or anything. Okay, understood. And, uh, <laughs> but I helped my two closest friends uh, through various like nudges and winks. Um, eventually, like get comfortable enough with that format that they both met their husbands online on Craigslist. Oh wow. 
Well, yeah, this is okay. This is pretty serious. So whatever, whatever you're cooking uh, works. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me about transitioning from kind of friends helping friends hobby into your first paying customers. When did this start to be kind of the the initial inklings of a business? You know, I, I, I'm always kind of embarrassed to talk about my origin story just because like I didn't have it that clear. <laughs> I wasn't, I, I didn't think it was a business or going to become one at the time, but I had a friend who, okay, I guess I ought to back up. I, before I even met Grant, I hosted a singles event for people who shop at Trader Joe's. And this was again, like a very Craigslist related thing because I had seen all these postings in like the best ofs that I read all the time. It was like people flirting with each other at like the San Francisco area, um, Trader Joe's. And I was sort of like, <laughs> <Okay. jealous. laughs> I always saw cute people, both like customers and employees when I was shopping there. And so I kind of jokingly posted about it and was like, people should like, we should date each other, like people who shop at Trader Joe's. And it, it kind of grew into like a little movement. Uh, and a couple of the local papers picked it up and I wound up hosting a mixer, which turned out to be awkward and weird as almost all singles mixers are. But I became pals with the reporter who covered it for the local paper. And she kind of encouraged me to start up um, a Seattle Post Intelligence or reader blog, which was kind of a an initiative that they had back then to just get cool, high profile, like well-written blogs from readers, not paid journalists. And so I had one of those. And the way that I got my first ever paid client was that I claimed that I had been helping people for a fee with online dating before I actually took any fee. And this one guy read that and got in touch and was my first ever like real client. <laughs> That's awesome. You well, sometimes, you know, you got to, uh, you got to walk the <laughs> walk before. No, that makes, that makes sense. So how do you know, like, um, is, is this, um, is this a competitive industry? Like are other people doing the same, are there other online dating coaches? There totally are. It's, it's kind of freaking me out. Like when I first got started, it wasn't all that competitive and it, it is now there are people who are definitely, higher profile than me too. Um, not so much in Seattle. The other people who've gotten a lot of attention in Seattle, I think have gone out of business, like haven't done as well <laughs> with their with their thing. Okay. But I also, I think I, I have a little bit of a different sector of the market than them. Like I'm, um, I'm really, really personal. Like, I, and I, I do a lot of advising people to break the rules of the accepted online dating conventions. So like I tell people to use OkCupid and match differently than than those sites would tell people to use them. And I think that a lot of other coaches don't go into that level of sort of data analysis and algorithm and search gaming. <laughs> and I also, um, I think I just have better writing chops, frankly. Like I focus really hard on teaching people how to write well about themselves. And a lot of that involves me asking them questions, like meticulously jotting down their answers and kind of crafting a profile back at them that references all these things they've said to me in passing, but they wouldn't think to put in a description of themselves, you know, like they wouldn't think to make the joke that they told me in conversation in writing on an OkCupid profile, but it totally works, right? Like that's what channels their personality. So a lot of it is me kind of holding up a mirror to them and helping them write well, whereas many other coaches do the writing for their clients and they'll even do kind of like the messaging and searching for matches for their clients. And I, I don't like to do that. I really like it to be more, um, educational and like collaborative with the people that I work with. Yeah, that makes total sense with, um, you know, with crafting the profile 
since it's so much like you you only have a short you know amount of time and space to to capture somebody's attention right and you got your picture to do it but then you know really the written words and i'm you know, I don't know, do you record video? Like, I don't know anything about online dating, but, um, you know, what does your profile page look like and how can you maximize your, um, you know, your conversion rate, right? Like from, from the online marketing world, like how many people are going to want to send you a message after reading your stuff? So I really like that. It makes total sense. So how did you decide, like, how do you know how much to charge? Like what's the going rate for, for online dating? Oh God, I'm so much, I'm smarter about that now than I was when I started. But in all honesty, it's still a really hard question for me to answer. And I'm probably going to be raising a rate soon to try to balance it all. I, when I first started, I think I charged something like $25 an hour, which is ridiculous. That's so not enough. But at the time I had only ever worked like low end broke jobs. And so that seemed like a lot of money to me. And I also just didn't do any kind of math or juju about like the cost of doing business type part of things because it was a side thing, because it was basically like a hobby that I'd started getting occasionally paid for. Yeah. We got to start somewhere. That's okay. Yeah. 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 So I originally charged 25 bucks. I was super low key about it. I think I had to set up my first PayPal account to like take payment from someone, but I now my prices vary depending on what service people book. They range from um, about a hundred dollars to 500 but the uh, things work out to about a hundred dollars an hour. I've always wow. felt that's that's outstanding. <laughs> well, it is, but it's not. Um, just keep in mind, like, there's never a week where I'm working forty hours right. of billable time, like never. Um, but I do make what I need now. Um, after a year of doing this at a hundred dollars an hour ish, it's it's tricky because I always think of getting paid with an hourly rate and that never worked well for my clients. So only in recent years have I kind of shifted to, okay, here are packages and here's how long things tend to take and like what this package level buys you. And I still don't like it, but I can tell that it works better for consumers. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the the packaging a little bit because we can talk about kind of, you know, the hundred dollars an hour. And when uh, Julie and Gordon was on about talking about speaking, right. And like as a public speaker or a motivational speaker, you can get, you know, a thousand dollars or something for a, a, a one hour talk. Right. And so people think like, Oh, my hourly wage, a thousand dollars an hour. That's amazing. He's like, well, that doesn't include, you know, travel time, all of the clients I never closed and all this stuff. But let's, um, let's talk about the the package, I think that's an interesting, a more interesting way to do it than to say, hey, the, it's a flat rate, $100 an hour, uh, the clock starts now. Um, so what, what kind of different, like, are there different tiers of uh, packages? What's all included in that? There, there are, um, and I think I need to formalize, I think I'm actually about to make some changes to them because I, I've always wanted to offer a more budget option so that people who are genuinely pretty broke or who are just extremely price, you know, sensitive are still willing to work with me. Um, but I think I finally realized that like, I need to do that on my terms. So in the past I've had a a structure here, I'm just going to announce it now, Nick on your show. (laughs) Okay. Let's do it. I had, I had in my lowest tier at $99, which was like a one hour, um, kind of power user session. This was for people who are like familiar with online dating, already have an established profile, have been doing it for a while, but want to make a specific tweak to their results. Okay. And I used to try to do the same level of, of 
service for that that I do for like my two to two and a half hour sessions. And I'm realizing like you just can't cram it in. So I, I think I'm actually going to be changing that now where people who book that $99 level don't get any custom profile writing. They just get like top level uh, feedback on what they have been doing and what they need to do differently um, because that's a lot faster to provide than the custom writing part where I need to kind of hem and haw. And frankly, I need to have had an hour of just asking them questions to get enough of a feel for them and enough material to write well. Okay. So that's tier one, 99 bucks. No longer do you get any of my writing for that. You just get my uh, intense advice and uh, guidance. Uh, tier two, 249 bucks. That covers about two hours of in-person um, or video chat um, session where I'm the first hour I'm asking you a bunch of questions. The second hour we're turning that into writing. And then it covers about like half an hour-ish of cumulative follow-up because people always have questions once they get out in the wild and start putting that profile to the test. Okay. Um, and then the next level is VIP, which more people need but aren't willing to pay for. And that's $4.99. And I'm still struggling with figuring out how to describe that to people in a way that makes that value seem worthwhile. Because um, I've only had a few people who make enough and understand the benefit enough that they're comfortably willing to part with 500 bucks for that kind of help. But basically it's a month of intensive help. Like not only do you get those initial sessions where I'm getting to know you with questions that I'm helping you write, but I'm also helping you with like weekly calls with a whole lot of aftermath, like basically whatever level of support you need within about, about a month. And it usually doesn't stretch beyond that because you get a pretty good sense of what to do on your own after that time. Yeah. It's, um, you know, 500 bucks, it's a small price to pay, you know, for a lifetime of, of love and happiness, right? Well, and part of it, totally. I mean, I, I agree. And it's also, it's a small price to pay when you compare, um, to what say services like eHarmony that are on the more expensive end of the online dating spectrum charge you over the course of a year. So, you know, it's, they recently launched a service called eHarmony or EH plus that's $5,000, that's a year of exactly the kind of help that I don't think helps people very much. Okay. I recently blogged about it. Like they, they, they go in and they kind of, they, they help you write your profile, but they, they ghostwrite messages for you to like set up dates and they, they handpick like the people that you should be messaging, which is kind of weird to me. Cause that sort of undermines the faith that you're supposed to have in eHarmony's, you know, 29 dimensions of compatibility in their, you know, matching algorithms. Like why do you need to pay an extra five? grand if yeah that's that's pretty steep but (laughs) yeah in in the case of your clients now it's a it's an interesting business because you know obviously the the long-term goal is i imagine for a lot of people is to not be in the online dating market right right and so do you get a lot of repeat business or is kind of like hey i helped you thank you so much um and now you're off into the wild or do you find people coming back uh, month after month to, uh, to kind of improve their results? I have a few people who come back month after month. It tends to be a pretty like analytical personality type who like recognizes that they're doing something wrong, knows that they'll get a benefit from like a very specific type of teaching that I give them. But for the most part, I get people either I help them once and they're off or um, I help them once and they're off and then they come back to me when whatever serious relationship I help them get into ends. So that's a common pattern. It's like I, I met somebody, we dated for two years. For whatever reason, that didn't work out ultimately, even though obviously it was a pretty good 
you know, success story in the sense that I dated someone for two years and we lived together, but for what, like maybe she had to move across the country, like something happened, we broke up. Hey, I'm back. I online dating was so much better with your help. Can you help me again? So they often know what they need to do, but it's just like, I don't know, like I do better at marketing when I listen to marketing podcasts that remind me how to tweak my copy, right? Like it's just a little boost that you get. So usually those are shorter sessions. And I tell people like, I just charge them for the time we spend if we don't need another full two hours. Usually they've got that old match profile stored somewhere that they can reference. Right, definitely. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I like how the so the pricing packages can kind of we can draw some parallels to other niche uh, coaching businesses. Please. <laughs> and I think because uh, we don't need necessarily to create another army of online dating coaches. But I think the, the you know, the story of how we got started where it's like, hey, I was doing this um, for myself. And then my, you know, my friends started asking me for advice. So I was giving my advice to my friends. Um, it was a compelling enough story that, you know, the, the press picked up on it. That's, you know, you, and doing something kind of out of the box with the um, with the Trader Joe's meetup. Um, but like for whatever for whatever business you're in or for whatever niche you're um, you know you're pursuing like whatever you're you're good at right and people always say well what do your friends ask you for help as like that's um, one way to um, you to decide what kind of side hustle is right for me like well what do you what do you know about more than what do you know more about than your friends um, and so in your case online dating happened to be that um, let's talk kind of about 
delivering the goods. Now, is this primarily local? Are you meeting with people in person or, or all over the place? Video chat is huge. And now even with some of my local clients, um, if they don't want to bother hauling out to my office way over in Ballard, we'll just have a video chat. And that's really freed me up to be incredibly lazy and, you know, wear my pajamas <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, all of the, I'm the same way. Like I'll get on some somebody else's um, podcast interview, and they'll be like, "Oh, we're doing video." Like, "Oh shoot, I'm still in my gym shorts." Like, let me go put on a better shirt, anyways. Now, because this business is not, um, you know, B two B, like you, you're probably dealing with people kind of in off hours, right? Like you know, after work hours, maybe. Much prefer doing at least half of my work during what are business hours for me on the West Coast. And I find that my customers uh, manage that pretty well, too. Like I said, because I work with more and more people now, I'm calculating different time zones. And so something that's, you know, 3 p.m. for me is after hours for somebody in, in Boston or whatever. Right, right. It sense. Now, are you on Clarity? Clarity.fm? No, what's that? Is that it sounds like a podcast thing. This is a... Um like you, you create a profile and people can call you up and you set like your rate per minute. So you're like, Hey, to talk to Virginia about online dating, it's going to be $2 a minute. And you know, it's just like kind of, um, you know, perfect for coaches and, you know, other consultants and stuff to set up their page and, you know, people can like read your credentials. And I guess I haven't dug too deep into it, but, um, people who are on it say it's super easy. They handle all the billing and everything. And you can just, you know, set up your page and people can call you there. So you don't have to worry about, um, you know, really the sales funnel, signing contracts or any, anything like that. Nice. Yeah. Well, it sounds like something I need to look up. I, I do really like it better when, when it's video and not just audio, like I said, but, yeah. um, I don't know if, I don't know if they have a video chat, um, capability or not. Like I, like I said, I'm kind of curious to test it out in, um, in 2014 and, um, I guess we'll share the results here, of course. Um, and if you do the same, definitely let me know. I, I will. And, you know, to, to just speak to that, too, like part of what I offer, um, and it's something that I've only recently started offering, but I've seen a great uh, uptick in sort of conversions with this, is just offering a free intro chat. Like, let's just get on the phone or get on FaceTime or Skype and talk for 15-ish minutes. Usually when people do that, they either book something or they weren't ever going to. And sometimes I can give them enough free advice in that period that they don't need me. And that's fine. I don't really want to book a two hour session with somebody who needed 15 minutes of advice, yeah. you know? So I, I've actually found that like just offering that probably that smaller bite size amount at no charge um, has really, I feel more comfortable about how I run my business and people really respond well to that. Yeah. I think people can either, you know, take that advice at face value and say, Hey, thank you so much for the free 15 minutes. Or then there's some reciprocity involved, like, Oh, maybe I should buy something now because the 15 minutes was helpful. What's going to be behind like the full hour session. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious at what point, like, when did you know it was time to, to quit your job? Like had this grown into a thing where you're like, I, I need to do this full time or else, you know, this ship is going to sail or something. It was right around the same time that Dan Benjamin started up a show called Quit on 5x5. And I was a caller on the second episode of that show. And I was really... This is it a radio show or podcast show? I'm yeah, not sorry. I don't know it. It's a, it's a podcast, but it's a bit call-in. And it's called Quit. It's 5x5.tv slash quit. Although I think the name is going to change soon as I understand it. And basically it was like... It kind of springboarded, I think, from conversations that he had had. Uh, with Merlin Mann on Back to Work about like going and finding something to do that didn't make you miserable if you're miserable at your day job. And 
I was really miserable at almost all day jobs that I had had. And it took me a while to really realize that, that something in the way that he presented that show spoke to me. And so I wasn't really ready to quit, but he kind of, he and his, I think, guests nudged me into thinking about nursing this into something full time. So I didn't really get up the guts to quit, but I kind of hinted to my boss, like, if you guys wanted to maybe end my contract that and let me get an employment, <laughs> that wouldn't be the worst thing to happen to okay, me. Okay. That's a little, uh, you know, a little push off, a gentle push off the cliff. I wouldn't do things over the same way, but at the same time, I never really had the guts to quit my job. I kind of got given um, a convenient pink slip, uh, you know, not for cause, but just for like, well, you said you we needed to cut contracts anyway, and you said it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And it turns out your numbers are pretty low this quarter. I'll take one for the team. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't really even, yeah. I'm not sure how much it was like helping the team, but I, I took <laughs> that opportunity that I perhaps helped manufacture to – try doing this full time for the first time ever. Okay. So now you've got the, you've got the blog, you've got the podcast going. Do you find that most of your customers are kind of familiar with your work through those channels or how are you getting new clients on board uh, these days? Well, you know, this is interesting because I didn't start taking this advice until fairly recently. I, I'm really good at listening, like hearing a lot of great marketing advice, listening to it and then failing to enact, you know, 70% <laughs> of it. <laughs> okay. um, so the piece that I finally figured out was comment on random forums and blog posts about topics that are even remotely related to what you do. Uh, I've been basically doing like a ton of, a ton of commentary on, um, on just Huffington Post piece, Exo Jane, Jezebel piece, like any any blog that is kind of like a smart social platform that has people discussing online dating, heck, even like Forbes and Business Insider, whenever there's something um, about anything related to online dating, I chime in. And that's been outside of my comfort zone. Like I am very sensitive to how mean people can be in comment threads. <laughs> and yes. so I've never been really um, compelled naturally to engage in comment threads. I used to only ever comment when it was like to win a contest or something. <laughs> okay. But I've started to chime in about topics related to dating and relationships and social media and the internet and how Texas, Texas, uh, excuse me, tech is changing our lives. Not so much Texas. <laughs> and and uh, it's really helped that has broadened my reach. And I almost always contribute something articulate and perhaps a little bit verbose for a comment, but um, well argued and people, the right people read my commentary and they're like, she knows what she's talking about. I'm going to track her down and hire her. Okay. I like that. Um, now, tactical wise, are you setting up Google, Google alerts? You have all these kind of in your reader, like how are you finding these um, uh, on topic articles to comment on? It's a lot Google News. Um, yeah, I have a bunch of Google alerts for a bunch of different topics, and they don't work that well. They seem to repeat the same crap over and over again. <laughs> but you know, those are those are in place, and I find that I have a lot of I've developed like a lot of really great, helpful relationships just on social networks where people send me stuff that um, that I somehow missed or didn't see. Maybe it wasn't like keyword happy enough. Um, to be caught by my news filtering. So there's that. I do subscribe to a bunch of like online dating industry RSS feeds, but they're super boring and <laughs> they're sort of my competitors. And I, I don't know, I almost don't like to 
mire around in that too much because it's more like B2B. It's like people in the industry talking to people in the industry and that's less interesting. I'm more interested in reaching, you know, outsiders. But um, yeah, so I get a lot of helpful just like sense from people. And, you know, this is maybe just an affliction of being too interested in my field, but like I see online dating and romantic implications in everything. So like I see articles about about something unrelated and I see how it's relevant to online dating. I got um, a Democratic Party newsletter with just a great photograph of Barack Obama, um, Hillary Clinton, and Joe Biden. Sorry, I know I'm supposed to use like honorific titles. President Barack Obama, Senator, you know, okay. you get the vice president, you get the idea. Um, anyway, all of those folks were uh, pictured in this really charming, funny, candid shot. And I wound up writing a blog post about how like they got what made for good online dating profile pictures, even though this was like, you know, meant to go to political subscriber base. So it's like, I, I see that and everything. Um, another one that I subscribe to is Next Draft, the newsletter. It's just a well-curated newsletter by Dave Pell, but I, I see implications of romance and social tech in a lot of the stuff that he handpicks to write about too. So those will turn into topics. That's called Next Draft. Yeah, N-E-X-T-D-R-A-F-T. And that's a terrific newsletter. It's I feel like there's some overlap with like the Kotke newsletter. It's just a just a slightly geeky minded but interesting and witty sort of roundup of news. Okay, cool. Hey entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences, with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, one thing that um, Derek Halpern has suggested for uh, getting traffic to your site is kind of like newsjacking or what's it like news hijacking or something where, you know, popular story is in the news and you twist it to be somehow about your topic. So this is still a very 
labor intensive. So, so the sales funnel we talked about, um, they were commenting on other sites, you know, thoughtful comments that people are like, Hey, this girl knows what she's talking about. Come back to you. You can, they, they can read all of your own material. They can set up a, a free initial consultation call. And now they've got these, you know, three packages to choose from. Um, but still very time intensive, right? Like it's, it's dollars for hours at the end of the day. Is there a way this business could be productized to make it more, more leveraged? Yes and no is my answer. Um, I tried to create um, a Udemy course, which is like a, okay. yeah, like a video kind of walkthrough of yeah. creation. But I really wasn't happy with it. And I think part of the reason is because the real value add that I give people is personalized help. And so it's very hard to automate that to, to make that scalable. Like the time intensive part is kind of what I love is getting to know someone, getting to see what makes them tick their particular terms of speech, like their particular weird preferences and not necessarily weird, but you know what I mean? It's like, there's some specific thing that I know they're always drawn to in the profiles that they find attractive. And it's like, I can turn that into something helpful. Whereas when it's, when it's meant to be more broad. Yeah. When it's one to one to many instead of one to one. So did you ever launch the course? I didn't. I had it as a beta product kicking around to get feedback from a couple of different people. And I never really went live with it. I might still go live with it, but I might do, I think I would do it differently the way that I had structured it. And this is part of, I think why you do a beta, right? (laughs) Before you go live, the way I had structured it is I had gone through and created a fake OkCupid profile for like an imaginary customer and kind of talked through my thought process of why I was writing everything the way I was to just give people some guidance. But I think instead of that, I if I were going to do that, I would need to come back through it and do it as more instructional, right? And less creative. So like rather, because you can't write for an imaginary person. You don't actually know their taste and their tics and everything. So it's not quite you know, um, a fair comparison. But if I, if I go like, this is how you want to behave in this field, here are a couple examples of the type of tone you could evoke. Like, this is the kind of joke you could make. You want to keep it about this long. I think that would be more useful. So that may come back out. The bigger thing that I'm working on though, is a book and probably a series of mini books based on a lot of the advice that I've written over the years. So I'm I'm not sure this isn't exactly a hard product announcement, but I think my (laughs) next manageable product is going to be um, a small for sale ebook about online dating photos and like optimizing those, picking the right ones, okay. looking your best in that specific arena. And then I'll probably do mini ebooks covering other different specific topics, like how to write well about yourself um, and, and like how to kind of game the system. These are all kind of different interest sets. And often people are good writers, but don't know the gaming part or vice versa. So I'll kind of you know, how to message people like, you know, different genders and demographics always have different challenges. So I think I'm going to chop that up um, and then hopefully wrap it all together in the book that I've been working on since 2009, because it's kind of slow <laughs> going. That's that's where I lack my hustle. <laughs> this is this is the year we're going to make it happen. I love it. Very cool. Virginia, thanks so much. I think a ton of parallels we can take away to any sort of uh, niche down coaching business that eventually gives you the freedom to quit your job. I absolutely love it. Um, Virginia, let's wrap up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. I really think that your tip is in figuring out how to write more like a person. I know that almost all marketing advice out there is, you know, like calls to action, like how to get people to click through and do a thing. But I think that when you balance that with writing, with 
wit and soul and personality, like just writing like you are, like a human, like you're trying to write something funny to a friend. I think that that speaks to people in everything that I've done. Even when I'm not specifically talking about online dating, people always compliment my copywriting. And I use the same tone in copywriting as I do in the profiles that I create for clients. I'm kind of allergic to other writing styles when it's about my business. And that has been, I think, my biggest success. So figure out how to move away from some of the other advice you're getting and just write like a person. You're gonna, your, your customers are going to really feel that vibe and speak to it. And you're going to establish so much more sort of intimacy with them before they've even clicked through to your, you know, checkout process. So very good. That's, um, that's awesome advice. I love it. Um, okay, Virginia, thank you so much. Hey, everybody check her out at the heart, the and the Hartographer podcast. Yeah. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at ask Virginia. If you want, I got that handle locked down. Thank you again, Nick. This was really, really fun. It was a pleasure speaking with you and I hope I was more helpful than, uh, than, than crazy. <laughs> no, very good. Very good. Thanks so much. Bye. Hey everybody. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Until next time, go out there and make something happen, and I'll see you next week in episode 34. Thanks for listening to The Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 